Hi guys, welcome to episode two of Girls Girl. I started a new job this week and obviously it was like a bit of a slower week. I haven't really jumped into any work yet. It's a lot of onboarding happening, but this week has really made me reflect on my career this far and I thought this week would be the perfect time to talk about imposter syndrome. I think this is something a lot of people, especially women, can relate to. I feel like with any new role or any new opportunity, I always feel a little hesitant or a little less confident for whatever reason. And I find myself being really anxious whenever I start a new job. And I'm trying to like unlearn that behavior and just like unlearn feeling unsure and just becoming more confident in who I am and confident in my skills and abilities. In the past three years, and I kind of touched on this in my last episode, I have had three different jobs and I feel like each of them were really a stepping stone to where I am now. I guess I entered the corporate world in like 2018. I'd gone back to school and did like a one-year marketing program and because of that program I was able to have a co-op at the college I was going to. I worked in their marketing department and that taught me a lot about the corporate world and like office culture and it was a good way for me to dip my toes in marketing and shortly after that, shortly after I graduated, I joined an ad agency. Honestly, I remember like applying for the job and I was like unsure of what I was actually going to be doing. It really wasn't clear, but I had actually interviewed and then I didn't get the job. They had picked someone else who actually was a friend of mine. So I was really happy for her. And about two months after that they'd reached out and said that they needed more people and I was kind of top of their list for that and obviously I jumped at the opportunity. At that time I really just wanted to get my career started. I'd been working retail for a couple years trying to figure my life out after doing my undergrad and doing this like postgrad certificate really pushed me into this sort of role. I was really naive at the time because I didn't have any experience in like a corporate nine to five role. So I didn't like negotiate my salary at all. I didn't even know what like an appropriate salary was at the time. So like, again, this is 2018 and the offer was like 35K. And like coming from a retail background on like an hourly wage, a salary job is like so attractive and like I didn't do any market research ahead of time. I also was just like desperate to have a more like stable job and so yeah didn't negotiate my salary, didn't really ask a lot of questions, kind of just accepted the offer and hoped for the best. And at the time I was living at my parents and the job was in Toronto and I had to commute an hour and a half every day on um, a train. And so that took away like three hours of my life. And then I had to work nine to five, oftentimes having to stay late, which is just like part of the culture of a lot of um, advertising agencies. And I was specifically on 
a social team. So we specialized in like Facebook, advertising, um, Pinterest, Twitter, etc. And it was all so new to me. I really needed a lot of handholding. And for the most part, a lot of my colleagues were super helpful and super understanding. But I also worked at a place that had very high expectations. I learned a lot from this agency. Like it definitely helped me get like thicker skin um, and taught me a lot about work-life balance, what you want to accept when it comes to, you know, your career and how to stand up for yourself more often. Eventually, I, you know, didn't feel happy anymore in that role and I didn't feel like it was what I wanted long-term and I cried a lot at this job and like the worst part is it became a running joke at our office like me and colleagues would like go into a boardroom and we would just have a cry and people joked about it like there were boardrooms that were joked as like the crying room um and it was a little bit of like a toxic experience I guess like obviously I'm grateful that it helped kickstart my career but looking back I was like miserable and there were times where I had to like sacrifice or I felt like I had to sacrifice um, parts of my life for my job and to make sure that I succeeded at my job and I think this happens to a lot of people I think when they're early in their career especially when you're in like your early 20s and you've been conditioned to think that you have to like hustle really hard. You have to like pay your dues. You have to do like the bitch work essentially um, to grow in your career. And for me, I think the final straw was like I had to cancel my 25th birthday dinner because I had to work late. And in hindsight, I really should have just like got up and left and like chosen myself. But at the time, I was like so dedicated to doing well in my job and that place I created an environment where you had to feel like you had to put work first. And then after that, it kind of clicked for me and I was like, I never want to do that again or never feel like I have to do that again. And that was when I started looking for new jobs. And then a little bit after COVID started, I joined like a tech startup and you know, the money was better. It was really attractive because it was like a smaller organization. I felt like maybe I would have a bit more like responsibility. Um, and it was a little different from the role I had previously. And I was going to be doing more brand marketing, which I was really excited about. But again, like I was going into the situation with like imposter syndrome. I was so not confident in any of my abilities. I also think this happens when you come from a place that, you know, compliments aren't handed out that often. Like, you're just expected to your, do your job well. Like, no one is really there to cheer you on, which, like, you know, you don't want to be babied in a role, but, like, you want to know that you're doing a good job or, f like, feel validated. And I didn't get that in my first role, so I feel like I entered this tech startup still feeling a little unsure I was always second-guessing myself in decisions I was making. And I always just had this feeling of, am I really supposed to be here? Do I really deserve this? Is this really the right fit for me? And 
it was hard to break out of that. And honestly, what helped me was my manager at the time, who is now like one of my mentors, he was always very like honest with me and very like transparent and, you know, knew when to praise me, knew when to criticize me. And it was always like constructive criticism. And I really appreciated that because I knew he had my back in any situation and I knew he trusted me with this decisions I would make. Um, and that helped with my confidence. And I think, you know, if you're a manager or if you're ever in a position to be like a leader, I think it's so beneficial to just show up for you know, the people that you are leading and to just trust them and to be open and vulnerable. And I got really lucky that I had someone who really believed in me and believed in my skills. And that helped me start to believe in myself. Like, it's so hard to convince yourself you're good at something. And I think that just has to do with even like growing up, right? Like you are conditioned your whole life to be waiting for someone to say you're doing a good job or like to validate that you're doing a good job and when you're an adult and you enter the workplace you learn that like people aren't always going to do that you're not always going to know if you're doing a good job and you have to find it within yourself to validate the work you do I think once you encounter leaders who are supportive in that way it helps build your own confidence I was at this tech startup for about a year before I started looking for new opportunities. My boss slash mentor had left and it was like a weird period of like not really being sure what my role was. I just didn't feel like I had a stable support system there and that I didn't feel like the organization as a whole really cared about my growth and you know I would advocate for myself and talk about how I wanted to grow in my role and what I kind of saw for myself over the next couple years if I stayed you know it didn't feel like I was just like taken seriously um so I started looking for a new role and you know when I left that first agency I had made like a promise to myself that I would never join another agency I just didn't want to be part of that sort of environment again um just because they were just like notorious for having like no work-life balance it was definitely like an industry that was very like work hard play hard like I got to do a lot of fun stuff but I was at a point especially because of the pandemic I had learned so much about myself and what I wanted long-term and more work-life balance and putting myself before my career was important to me and I wanted to be in a workplace that had similar values. And I ended up at another agency, but this one focused on nonprofit clients, which was super attractive to me. I, you know, was in a place where I wanted to have more purpose. I had worked for for profit and, you know, was doing marketing for brands to just like sell to people. And 
I was like in a way kind of over it, especially if it was like products that like I didn't even really believe in. I was having this like moral crisis of like, how am I supposed to sell a product that like I don't even really care about or I don't really find valuable? So I was having that existential crisis. Um, so nonprofit seemed really cool to me. I was like, okay, I can still, you know, do something I'm good at, but feel like I'll have purpose because instead of trying to sell a product, we're like trying to get people to donate to these organizations that are really doing good work. And then since I had like two and a half years of work experience behind me, I felt more confident like negotiating my salary and really advocating for the skills that I had. I had a lot more confidence now in myself and my abilities. And this is also an organization that really respected that and saw that about me. And again, I had some really great leadership that put a lot of trust in me, that were really confident in the decisions I would make day to day, really found me to be like an expert in my field and had a lot of independence. Decision-making was really new for me. Like I didn't always, you know, my boss wasn't always like needing to approve things that I was doing. So that was like a bit of a learning curve. I think even just as a person in general, like decision-making is like challenging for me. Like if I, again, I think it stems from like imposter syndrome and just not being confident in my intuition or just like my gut but this role really taught me to just trust myself and just if I think something is a good idea like just believe that I have the knowledge to also back it up and this honestly was I think the workplace where I did the most growth I found myself a little bit on like an island by myself because there's a lot of turnover and you know, my manager had left. I was kind of the only person who knew how to do digital marketing on our team. And it was good and bad, good in the sense that I was making the calls. I, again, was like the expert in that field. Like people relied on me and that forced me to be confident in myself. And it forced me to, you know, take on more of like, a leadership role even though I wasn't really having anyone like report into me but I definitely felt like I was someone that people trusted and could turn to for my expertise and that helped build confidence and then I guess the downside of that was like it was kind of scary not having someone to lean on if I was unsure and you know that saying like you never want to be the smartest person in the room that's definitely how I felt not that I was always the smartest person in the room but like when it came to my role in the work I was doing I sometimes had wished there was someone else I could bounce ideas off of and maybe just like help validate my decisions a little bit and like confirm that like the ideas I had were good ideas you know by the end of it like it's pretty recent me leaving this job but at the end of it I just felt so grateful you know, I don't feel like I left that role in like bad faith or anything or like I didn't feel any sort of animosity. I think it was just time for me to take that newfound confidence and 
find a new adventure, a new sort of move in my career. Then interestingly, you know, December of last year, when I was still fairly new to the nonprofit organization, I was like approached by a recruiter at Google and December is like holiday. So I'm like in the weeds with work. Like I'm not thinking about leaving my role, especially again, because it was still new to this role. I didn't even think about looking into other jobs. Like I was pretty happy. I didn't really see a need to leave. And when this recruiter reached out, I kind of laughed it off at first. I was like, no way, like this can't be real. I couldn't believe that Google would have any interest in me. I thought that was maybe something that would be on my radar like five years from now. It really felt like out of reach for me. So even though I wasn't like jumping at the opportunity at first, I decided to entertain it. Cause like in my mind, I was like, I'm still new to this nonprofit. Like, I want to see, you know, how I can grow here first. Like, I wasn't in any rush to leave, but I don't know, something inside me told me to just respond to the recruiter and, you know, see what they had to offer. Eventually, by the new year, I was, like, in the interview process. And, you know, at first I was still, I don't know, I it's not that I took it as, like, a joke, but... I really didn't think anything was going to become of it. I took the interviews and, you know, I didn't leave the interviews feeling super confident. I thought I had, like, done a good job. But again, I wasn't, like, really confident that anything was going to happen. And then I got, like, a second interview. And that was sort of the interview that you know, made me want it really badly. I thought I had interviewed perfectly. I was like, there's no doubt I'm getting this. And then it became like real to me. And I was like, wow, like I could actually work for Google and I wanted it so badly. I had like followed up with the recruiter after that interview. I really left thinking like nothing could go wrong. And, you know, eventually the recruiter got back and was like, you know, the leadership has decided to go in another direction still very vague like not a lot of information that they could give me um which is fair they can only work with whatever information they have and it was disappointing but I had a job and this was something that like I decided to entertain because you know something inside me told me I should and you know if anything I got like the experience of interviewing with Google and like I could always try again later on and I would know what that process sort of looks like and I would feel confident going into it and even getting those interviews and doing well in those interviews pushed me to you know try to interview for other tech companies because I was like okay if Google has shown interest in me like what's stopping me from working somewhere like Meta or Snapchat or Pinterest and Snapchat was interviewing at the time and I started doing that interview process and I just had like a new found sense of confidence and realized I could be chasing you know more higher paying jobs or jobs that 
would look great on my resume and jobs that would just be like fun to work at. And then when I was like pretty deep into the Snapchat interview process, um, a a new recruiter had reached out from Google and, you know, they were like, you know, we're still reviewing your application and like your interviews. And I was a little confused because I thought, you know, that door had been shut. I thought that was like over. Um, And I don't really know like the details behind it, but, you know, was back in the Google interview process. Like I didn't have to interview again, but it was back on my like radar. And then things moved quickly because by then it was like April. So, you know, my first sort of contact with Google was in December and here we are in April and I'm like back on the like review process and like they're seriously reviewing me as someone for the role and then it moved quick and I suddenly got an offer and it was so surreal honestly I cried like this was not something I had you know envisioned for myself anytime soon I thought jobs like these were like you know you do five six years before you start aiming for jobs like this and that was just a mindset I had like I really wasn't confident in myself so I thought these sorts of jobs were not attainable at this stage in my career and I think that's just a result of that constant imposter syndrome I had where I had convinced myself that like I was not good enough for a job at Google and that's probably what prevented me from even getting here sooner. I just wouldn't even apply for jobs like this. I just thought it was so far beyond my reach. Like I had convinced myself of that. And that's why imposter syndrome is so harmful because it goes back to like your thoughts become your reality. And if you are consistently thinking negative thoughts about yourself, it becomes like real, like you'll miss out on opportunities because you're essentially like self-sabotaging and not giving yourself the permission to, you know, get the things you want. Going into this new role, obviously still have a bit of like imposter syndrome, mostly because it's still so surreal to me that I'm even here and that it's real and it's happening for me. But I just try to remind myself that like, I'm not going to have all the answers right away. I think oftentimes my ego gets in the way and I would always be in a job afraid to fail and sometimes I would like fail because of my own actions. Like I wouldn't want to ask questions out of fear of sounding stupid and like I wouldn't want to let people know if I didn't know something because I felt like they would judge me or they would, you know, realize I was a fraud, like I'd convinced myself I was. I think this time around, you know, I am just feeling so much better about, you know, not being perfect and not knowing everything and trusting that like the people around me will understand that. I think because I had come from some places that didn't really let you fail or it felt like the end of the world if you made a mistake, that made it hard for me to think that it was okay to fail or it was okay to make a mistake. Like everyone makes mistakes, but when you're like in an environment where it is like the worst thing that can happen, like everything is a crisis, it's 
hard to unlearn that and it's hard to stop thinking that even outside of work because like that sticks with you if you're just like surrounded by it so much like even growing up I think I was always afraid to fail I also had like Asian immigrant parents who you know had very high expectations of me and like still kind of do to this day and like what happens to you in your upbringing obviously follows you into your adulthood and I was just always so afraid to fail or always so afraid of disappointing people and like half the time the people around me like weren't even disappointed or I would always have it in my head that like everyone's gonna hate me like this went wrong and it is really tough to like stop thinking that way and to just be okay with failure and to accept that it's part of your journey, it's part of learning, it's part of building your career and part of building yourself up to be a better person. And then the other side of that being feeling confident that you're exactly where you're supposed to be, that you have the skills, that you have the knowledge, that you got hired because you're good at your job and you've like proven time and time again that you know what you're doing and if you have to look at your resume every day to remind yourself or if you have to look at your LinkedIn or if you have to just talk to like former colleagues and like think back to projects you worked on and realize that like you've already done so much until now that have proven that you are good at what you do um, regardless of what you think people around you think I think that is a way to kind of help with the imposter syndrome and just you know being confident that you deserve this spot that you deserve everything that you've received so far and to just practice a little less self-doubt and to put that energy into your job or like into a hobby or into things you enjoy. Imposter syndrome is something that is hard to unlearn or hard to sort of get over, but I hope this episode shed some light on what I sort of do to help me get through it when I'm entering a new job and help inspire you to chase those jobs you thought you couldn't get and to not let imposter syndrome get in the way of that. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.